we've met like twice, I think. And I think maybe we've had one phone call, maybe a few emails, but I feel like we're best friends. Oh, we're definitely best friends. I, do you get that a lot? Um, do I make best friends? No, do, you, do people just assume that they're like close with you, even though you've met them like one time? I think I do that to people, not that they do that to me. Are you from the Midwest? Yes, of course That's I am. Why, I was just about to say, when I meet people from the Midwest, I connect right away. Did you know, you didn't Whitefish know that? Whitefish Bay. No, I had no, no idea. Shorewood. Oh, Shorewood, that's Shorewood. right, not Whitefish no, Bay. Just What's like Shorewood? Your, that's where his grandmother in lived. Ma- my mom grew up in Whitefish Bay. This is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. The name of that song, by the way, is called Buddy. Aww. And it's by uh, somebody, I don't know. Benjamin somebody. I'll, have to, I'll put mom, it in the notes. Kind of very Mamalas-esque, like fun. Hey, buddy. Playful. Yeah. Hey, hey buddy. Buddy. <laughs> We're buddies. I was like, I don't know if I like the song, but I love the name. Have a pickle. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Rachel forever. It was forever a relative term, I guess. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, where's Dave Drew? I mean, Dave Drew. Dave Downing. Well, Drew's Dave there. Downing. <laughs> Only so many microphones. Yeah. Plus, Dave's got two kids now, like... Very little kid. I wonder what Dave is doing at this very moment. I bet he's, he's like... He's cursing you. No. I think no. he's probably cursing someone else. Why is he okay. cursing Jesse? Yeah. Why would he be cursing no, me? No, because I, I talked to him the other day and I was like, but you made you you made the intro and you don't oh. get on the podcast oh. with us? Yeah. He, I, I wondered about that. He's like, Rachel, uh, you should reach out to Rachel. And then I thought, well, Dave, you know, I'm sorry, but <laughs> we're on this one. Hi, Dave. We yeah. Hi, Dave. You. Well, that's... Well, I brought him up because... I feel like I probably met him first, right? Very possible. I think I met John. I met John Kesson, one of your partners, in the early days of our involvement in Kendall. He was operating that little kiosk for Tuscaninis. This was like 2005, 2006. Probably 2006. Yeah. Yeah. And you were at the time at Rachel's Kitchen. Correct. Is that right? Around 2006, you were there? Yeah, which, ready for this, that was um, 15 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) I just did the math. He's right. Fact check. Yeah, I fact checked that right on the Correct. spot. 15 years. Wow. And I don't think we met, I mean, and then when did you, when was Hungry Mother? Two, we opened uh, in March of 2008. I miss Hungry Mother. I, I probably really met you around that time. Right. 2008. That would make sense. Yeah, because yeah. I, I met, I, and I was trying to remember how Dave and I became friendly, but it must have been through, I mean, it must have had something to do with Watermark and that whole. Kendall. Kendall, whatever. Yeah. He's a friendly guy. Right. I like that you brought up one of Rachel's partners because to me, on paper, your partnership doesn't work. I, right. I, it, it blows my mind when I think about who's involved. First of all, not because of who, who they are, right. but because h- how many partners do you have? Um, there are seven of us in total. Okay. Of those seven people, how many are married couples? Uh, <laughs> this is a math problem. Six. Okay. Three couples. Yes. And lovely John Kesson. So, Jesse, imagine Graffito. You're dealing with me, Mindy, Dave and his wife, Brooke, but not her fiance. (laughs) How do you make decisions? It must be, you can't imagine, right? Yeah, it's horrifying. This is what I mean. But what's interesting is no one would, I mean, you go into Mamala's, you go into State Park, you don't, you don't know, you know, this is the fun part. You don't really know There's what no, happens There's no, like, wife chasing her husband with a butcher knife. Well, or... sometimes your kids are running around, which I actually love. Uh, my kids today, you want to know what they're doing? Yes. It's Good Friday, which apparently is... Um, a thing for non-Jewish I've, people. Right, I've renamed yeah. it Bad no, Friday. Not, not apparently, it actually is definitely <laughs> It's a, a big thing, and I respect that, yeah. um, but it's challenging 
when I was excited for my kids to be at school today. So today, they, um, somebody gifted one of my daughter's rollerblades. Oh. And we're actually a roller skate family. I don't, I'm not I big into rollerblades. I could see that. But apparently she knows how to use them. And so they decide to bring their rollerblades and roller skates to Mamala's. And they're skating around right now. Good use of the space. It's <laughs> like using an office for a podcast studio. It's Which not like anyone's in there. Also, leading back to John Kesson is where we're all like, John's not there right now. Hopefully he doesn't get mad when he comes in. <laughs> well, my kids are really younger. I didn't know people are still gifting rollerblades. Is that still a thing? But they were hand-me-downs. I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, hand-me-downs. Hand-me-downs. My kids are into like the scooters and bikes oh yeah they scoot I'm for I feel very happy we've skipped the rollerblades but anyways so anyways. if you do see kids rollerblading around mumala's when they do a pickup or something those are your kids those People are can our make that kids connection. and then and then um it's a good segue into business partners I feel <laughs> thanks like. for bringing us back I mean first of all how do you all meet and decide to go into business together I know that probably not everybody was there from the start so how do how do those relationships get added Okay, so the short story is Alon, who is my husband, Alon Munzer, uh, worked at Solitaire in the year 2000, Y2K, mm. with John Kesson. Um, Alon and I opened Rachel's Kitchen, just to go back a little bit, Alon and I met in 1995 at Northeastern University, but we opened Rachel's Kitchen in Bay Village in 2000 and what did I say? 2005. And we, I never wanted to own a restaurant. I always wanted to own some sort of business, but never a restaurant. But then this opportunity came up and we opened this tiny little 170 square feet coffee shop. And then Bay yeah, Rachel, people probably now know it because Mike and Patty's is correct. still there. Correct. Mike and Patty's. Ah, okay. Yeah, this way. is before my time. That's yeah. why. Mike and Patty's pre-Mike and Patty was Rachel's Kitchen. Right. And then an actual Mike and an actual Patty bought it from us who are both actually still friends of ours. And then they ended up selling it to not Mike and not Penny. Mm. Um, actually, I think there is a Mike involved. Anyway, so we yeah, had- there's a Mike, and they run Hot Box over at Bow Market. Which is so good. Yeah. Just try, I just had some pizza there from this past Oh, it weekend. looks incredible. Okay, Rachel's Kitchen, 2005, Bay Village, very small neighborhood. There was a restaurant space going out in the neighborhood. We had both worked in restaurants for a long time, but neither of us are chefs. And we, um, we, everybody in the neighborhood was like, you should take over that restaurant space. And we were like, we can't do this alone. So we brought in some partners who had been in the restaurant business, worked at Solitaire, one of whom was John. Okay. That space took a year and a half of um, a liquor license being tied up and all sorts of chaos. And that's actually how John ended up in, in Tuscanini's. The time in between as you were yeah. trying to figure right, it out. Waiting yeah, as and... we were trying to figure it out. And um, and finally, I definitely uh, take the blame for being stubborn on that and not giving up. But finally, we did give up on that and ended up in Kendall Square and opened Hungry Mother. So we were four partners at that time, one of whom is no longer okay. um, a partner. And we had... Uh, Heather Moger, who's one of our partners now, started, she came in, it's like emblazoned in my mind. It, we had just been open. We opened in March of 
2008. And in the summer, that summer, she walked in. She was like recently graduated from college. She came in on a Saturday night with her resume. She's like the cutest thing in the world. She had on a little top and she's like, I'm interested in a job. And we were like, what's wrong with you, girl? <laughs> um, but then we ended up hiring her. And so that's how we got to know her first. Uh, and then was she with Evan at that point? She, I think they were. Who comes together. back into the story? Yeah, he point. comes yeah. back in the story. I think they were already dating. Okay. Yes. Okay. Can I just say that even hearing this preliminary narrative and the beginning of the story about how all the partners came together, and regardless of whether or not, obviously some parts of it work and some parts may not, but this is kind of the beauty of entrepreneurship and and small business development and like hearing these stories and this is such a big part. We've talked a lot episode you know season one about kind of the intricacies of operating restaurants how hard it is like what goes into it it this just speaks to kind of how personal it is for so many restaurateurs and small business owners and it's just this is really nice so keep going I just wanted to put that out there because I think nice. this is part Thank of you. yeah what gets us excited about working with small local owner operators is stories like this the connections that are made and the opportunities that are created for folks who fast forward 10 years now have equity in a business, in a community, which they also have equity in those communities. So anyways, that's my quick, keep going. Thank you. Um, well, also just that, that okay, like, <laughs> also just that we're like real people, you know, we're yeah, not exactly. like, I'm not. I could have just said that. Rachel Munzer Miller, internet star. I'm just a person. Well, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> right. So that's how we met Heather. And then um, actually, so in... The year 2009, I had a baby um, in August, and while I was out on maternity leave, they hired a new sous chef called named Tyler, and uh, and Alan came home and he was like, oh, we hired this new guy, he's really cool. And then his wife, Rachel, oh no, at the time they were just, <laughs> I think they weren't even engaged yet, or maybe they were engaged. Um, Came, she was working at Formaggio and she came to do pastries one day a week. She, they were both trained chefs. So then Alan was like, oh, and her, his wife, Rachel, is going to come work one day a week. You're really going to like her. <laughs> and uh, then I came back from maternity leave or I don't remember. And we all met and you they her? were both really nice. Mm. Yeah. Um, so hold on. Pause for a sec. So this is 2009. So yeah. at this point, six of the seven Kern partners are working together in 2009 at Hungry Mother? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They that's okay. true. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's right. Got that's it. accurate. Fact check. Fact check. <laughs> so we're all there and blah, blah, blah. Life is good. Fast forward 2000 and I don't know, 12, let's say. Um, the we saw an opportunity to take over a bar in the neighborhood that was, was that how it all started? I mean, yeah, I guess so. that bar was three different things yes. I mean, in a short period of time. Yes. Am I allowed to say names of things? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there names was a people, place. Jesse's things, liable, not places. us. So you right. can say whatever okay, you want. Okay, great. Perfect. Yeah. Um, this yeah, is the I internet. Just remember. This is like, this is just, you can say anything. It's true. I checked it out. For all of you that are listening, I did not sign a waiver. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, all right. So that place called Think Tank mm -hmm. was a great um, addition to the neighborhood. And uh, one day 
it just closed and basically um it was kind of a bizarre place the story was there were two partners and one said he went this way and the other said he went that way and it was they were which is what happens a lot which is why i'm looking at your partnership and i'm like i don't get this how it's working so we inquired i was friendly with the property manager at one Kendall square and inquired about the space. No idea yet. You just knew there was something open. I ju- we just knew there was open space. We were four partners at hungry mother. I mean, talk about partnerships and we were on top of each other. That was only 70 occup- 70 person occupancy. Um, there was, we, we needed to stretch out a little bit. So the thought so, was let this is going well, but maybe we can distribute the work a little bit and expand. Yes. And give opportunities to folks that were on your team. Cause 70 seat restaurant. We hadn't thought of that yet, but (laughs) we, it it came up. So, well, yes, I mean, I guess give opportunities, but I think at that point we hadn't thought about partnerships. Yeah. And there's there's four people that want equal responsibility and there's only so much to do and it's a certain size. So you're like, Hey, maybe we can grow. Maybe we can grow. So we started looking at that space and thinking about what we could do. And, um, and Tyler and Rachel at the time had their own catering business that they were doing on the side. As if they weren't busy enough. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so they were really interested in doing something on their own and starting a business. And we said, hey, listen, why don't we? I, I think or maybe they approached us and they said, we're thinking, you know, we want to do something on our own. But we know you guys are working on opening a new project. You know, can we? Be a, we'd be interested in being a part of that. So all of this is just lore in my mind. Yeah. Also, I don't actually remember any of these conversations, but th- that's how it happened. Well, so just to be clear, so you went from four partners at Hungry Mother yes. to then six partners at what was what is State Park? No. Okay. We went from four partners at Hungry Mother to, so Tyler and Rachel said they were interested. And then Heather had been growing with our company mm-hmm. also. She came from girl who walks into a busy bar on a Saturday night asking for a job to amazing like star. She was the first person we ever trusted uh, to close the restaurant. Like she just, she's, I mean, she's just a um, curious, ever learning, growing, wonderful person. And so, you know, we saw that in her and she was in, she was running the bar at the time. And, you know, what we ended up doing was opening a bar and we thought why don't you know would you be interested also we're offering this to the ragavim polanski oinuses who's now the sundets <laughs> um and uh you know would you like to come on board like this also so she said yes so that's when we went to seven yeah so you were four you at that point, the Heather, Tyler, and Rachel come on. As they called themselves junior partners. And so you, they had a small amount of ownership. Okay. They weren't But is partners. it in the entire thing or just the new venture? Or is it too hard? At that? Do you just say, look, this is an, an all-in sort of situation? They just had ownership in... I don't remember. That's, I think... I really don't remember. These it must have been. The, it must have had. It had to have been just the new entity. I think it was just in state yeah. park. Okay. That okay. Would've, that would have made the most sense. Okay. And did you guys have a lawyer? Or you just kind of did this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't even. Um, <laughs> no, we have a lawyer who's yeah. basically Alon's like. Um, Maybe we should have had the lawyer in. Seriously. <laughs> oh my like, god! How do you First of all, this? you would love my lawyer. <laughs> 
Alon's like, Rachel barely goes to the bathroom without calling the lawyer. <laughs> Let's give your lawyer a so, shout out. Who, who's your lawyer? Um, his name is David Lipschitz. Oh, yeah. Oh. Siegel you know Lipschitz David? and Lowe. You know him? Of him. You know of we him. We've worked on something with He's quite famous. Wow. <laughs> um, he's not actually a restaurant attorney. He's an estate attorney. Oh. And he, um, we were introduced to him by an old accountant when we had Rachel's Kitchen. And he was like, you know, in in retrospect, he was laughing at our little twenty five thousand dollar business purchase. And but he liked us. And now he's actually he and his wife and family are actually um, really good friends of ours. Great. So he just he's sounds good. like a lot of work for him. Over he's the last good. Years. He's good because he rolls with the punches. Yeah. So he knows us, yeah. and he's like, okay, and he helps us think things through. And so, so state park starts to happen. Yeah, you've got new partners. Yep. Uh, but I know that there are still people who haven't entered the picture yet. Right. So. 2013 state park opens. We have our new partners. 2015, we decide to we. Uh, have a break with our Hungry Mother partner right. and we decide to um, close Hungry Mother. Yeah, which was not an easy decision, I'm sure. I mean, that, not an easy yeah. decision. And also, uh, Evan actually worked at State Park from when it opened. I should say that. Because he was with together with Heather. He was together with Heather and right. he worked on the bar and he helped us in bar management and stuff like that. But he. So you go from seven it. to six. Seven to. I think we went from seven to. To seven. Like, I think he, he right. came okay. in right about that time. Okay. All right. I think when we closed Hungry Mother, I, I'm pretty sure that's when everybody came in. And, and that's it. From the seven people, that means you were married, Evan and Heather. Yeah. And then Rachel and Tyler. Yeah. And then, honestly, John gets the most credit for putting up with all of well, us. That's, that's <laughs> also my question. I mean, does he... I, we, I mean, we got to ask him, but... Whenever you have people pairing up and making decisions, how do you all decide when you have a decision to make? Do you have a vote? Do you get together as a group? How do you how do you do things like that? So, um, I do feel I do feel proud <laughs> proud of us in our existence and how we've managed to do this, um, having gone from a four person, you know, me having gone from wanting to only be me doing everything to which having Alon is like fine the two of us come as a unit but then to the four-person partnership which I found challenging because for a number of reasons but personally because I never wanted I always wanted to own my own business because I didn't want a boss and when you have partners you kind of have like you know you're you are accountable to each other right and and what we've really learned through the what I really learned is mutual respect is the foundation that makes everything work. And if you don't respect one another, it's not going to work. And if you do respect one, one another, then you can have conversations. You can talk about things. You can, you can make decisions. They're not, you don't always have to agree on things, but you can treat each other kindly. So what you're saying is these decisions might seem like they'd be very hard, but if there's this mutual respect among a group, they're actually a lot easier than you might think. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about easier, but yes. I mean, it's, they're not. It's not as unfathomable. It's not as unfathomable. Happen. And so, and the other thing is communication. Sure. <laughs> you know, and so we have meetings 
every week. And do you find that you guys generally agree anyway? Because you did start this thing together. You obviously shared a vision. Perhaps these decisions aren't as difficult as I might think because you all are aligned. Um, yes. I mean, big picture, we're all on the same page. And so ha certainly having an alignment of values helps. I think the other part about it is... Um, I think what has also come with sort of age and <laughs> maturity maybe is knowing that you don't have to be involved in every decision and being able to relinquish some control. Um, so for example, perfect example, we're working on, um, we're working on getting, uh, printed materials like takeout materials. And so the designers have sent back designs. Whereas like, you know, four or five years ago, we might have all had to have right. every every part of that decision. Right. We talked about it as a group because it's a, you know, we have to print like $40,000 worth of materials. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, everybody should so know what's we going are all, on. We're all in on it, but, um, you know, some of us are able to step back and say, it, you're better at this. You're better <laughs> yeah, at it. Yeah. You make the decision. I don't love this part of it, but I'm okay with it happening because, you know, we have to move things along. You all have these domains. Does that happen organically? Oh, no. God, no. Um, no, and that was definitely a learning process, too. I mean, I, like when we first opened Hungry Mother, one partner was the chef, and then John and Alana and I were do everything else, and that got old real fast. Mm -hmm. um, and when I, after I went out on maternity leave, it sort of made sense for me to come back into a administrative position. And John is naturally, uh, you know, front he's a house. trained front Absolutely. of the house person. That's where he fell on, fell into the bar. And, you know, we, we learned to divide up those roles and it's still, I mean, honestly, it's still a work in progress, um, oh, with among us. That's nice. Hang I on mean, one second. <laughs> Leather district Leather representing... District. Is I'm that, not editing is that a this common out. Thing? This is, <laughs> no, yeah, no. It's, it's better. Of, it's better than people screaming at each other. Yeah, it's <laughs> part of the uh, urban uh, environment here. Continue. Sorry. Um, no, that's it. It's just you know, there's some roles like Tyler is the chef. Period. He runs. You know, he runs the kitchens, and that it's very defined. And then me because I carved out my position and said, this is my role. It's a little bit easier for the whole entire hospitality, but, big dipper yeah. hospitality group. Yeah. Yeah. And then and Rachel, you have to understand you're talking to an MBA over there and oh, then an attorney over here. I so know. I think there, there's just so much here that's so interesting well, to not, understand from an organizational perspective. And I mean, yeah. for those listening, people that have their own businesses can't imagine, you know, so, I mean, this is where this is. No, I really from. do think again, like I, I don't, I, I take pride in the fact that we've come this far, but let me tell you, it's, it's really challenging. And we do, you know, we still, we're still analyzing our roles daily, weekly, changing things. You know, we've been working on our organizational chart for three years that hasn't, right. yeah. that hasn't gotten that's you know, because they're, that's because they're usually bullshit right. <laughs> organizational charts i mean but all partnerships but are hard by the way of right? course all of them well, well it's like a, it's a second marriage well you know all partnerships are hard with your spouse it's even harder you right. know i mean like well here's what is interesting to me as i'm listening to you talk about all this and i think our listeners come from different disciplines many of them touch retail or real estate or just really interested in retail or real estate but ultimately there are all sorts of different 
kinds of equity and partnership, right? In all these businesses, there's there's actual equity, there's participation in profits, are, you know, ways in which to structure distributions versus liabilities. Like this is my head as an attorney that goes like, whoa, how do you manage all this? Um, but it sounds like you have a relationship with your partners where you're all in it. Forget like percentages, but you're all in it at the same level as partners, which I think is really unique. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we have... Um just to be clear, we don't, we have some investors. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's some money in there that doesn't have a say in what goes on. Just some more partners to throw yeah, in Yeah, some more partners who are very amazing people. I would and imagine they trust you guys to they, make a they, lot of They don't so. say anything, which right. is really kind right. because there's already seven of us. Yeah. So Can I, one more question. I'm just trying to visualize this. When you have to make a big decision, and I know you just made one recently, you've got a new restaurant coming. Drew will probably take us there in a second. How do you just organize yourselves? Like, do you sit down on Zoom? Do you get in a room? Like, obviously, it's different during the pandemic. But how do you even, like, do you all just kind of get together and have a conversation? Yeah. Yeah. We So we've, we were meeting in person for a while, and then that started to feel dicey. And um, also the point that if we... If one of us got sick, then we're all out. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so we switched over to Zoom some months ago. I mean, we meet via Zoom every week, Wednesdays from one to four. If you'd like to drop by, who puts the agenda together? Out of curiosity, one to so four, is, Jesse. One to four. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a sizable meeting. It's a sizable meeting. Um, and most day it used to be two hours, and then we decided we really needed three. So who um, puts the agenda together? So this is an evolution that happened, Ooh. and this is part of really of growth. And I definitely, um, give credit to Heather for being like always, always evolving and always tweaking. And she, she's a tinkerer and you always wanting to make podcast, things Drew. better. Heather instead. I, I like can go. Lot, yeah. You think, you think yeah. we should have Bye, Rachel. Yeah. Right. Do you want me to just call her? I'll put her on the mic. <laughs> Jesse always loves mentioning other great guests while we have a great guest in the in well, here. Well, we could get her in tomorrow, still air this on Tuesday and just... You know what? Let's see how this goes. And then I'll decide if we're going to replace it with Heather's interview. Yeah, that's fine. So Heather puts together the agenda. I, I'm Heather. Really, I've actually really been encouraging Heather to do more of these things. So maybe you should scrap me and bring her no, on. <laughs> no scrapping. We're on this. All right. Well, we'll so Heather, Heather, Heather <laughs> I'm helps scrap us... scrap you. <laughs> Heather helps us make make things better. And, um, so one of the evolutions is that I think probably I always was the one running the meetings and I was putting together the agenda and blah, 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 and just making up agenda topics. And then at some point we started having everybody contribute to the agenda. And then at some point Heather was like, why does Rachel always have to run the meetings and take notes? Let's, um, divvy it up. Let's divvy it up. And so there it is. Now we have one, one, um, note taker and one facilitator and you're in charge of um and does that rotate it rotates that's cool i use and i i i revolutionized that because i felt like if we just rotated with the same rotation then it got annoying like i'd always have to take notes after when right, right. heather's facilitating whatever so now i use the random number generator random number generator to make a new rotation every time. This is all like very kibbutz-like. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a reference nobody's gonna get. That's but okay. I, I thought that you was guys get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Jesse is like thinking about all these partners makes you go crazy. But then you're like, hey, this sounds pretty good. Like somebody else <laughs> thought that I should not be doing something, so they stepped in. That's a great partner. Heather, by the way, is very creative. She yes. did the just a little side note. She did those little dioramas in State Park, didn't she? Did she? You did those? Wow. I had that so wrong. That was my idea. Air pound. They're so good. Um, we all worked on them together. Okay. It was all a right. group project. Okay. It was, I, I, that's, a, that's another have, fun thing. Sometimes you have to be wrong to get the truth. Wait, so here's another, wait, one thing quickly. Track. Here's another yeah. fun yeah. thing about our group. About we definitely like, like to like take, <laughs> we definitely are, I think we're good about giving each other credit, but we also like to take <laughs> credit. We're like, that's my point. I thought of the diorama. I get that one. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Graffito Podcast. I'm not sure we got to the secret sauce of Big Dipper Hospitality Group's partnership, but you can't say we didn't try. Part two of our interview with my buddy, Rachel Miller Munzer, is coming up. In the meantime, this is just a public service announcement to let you know that season two episodes will be released every Tuesday by the time you wake up. Give us a listen when you commute to work from your kitchen to your guest bedroom, now turned office. Just walk really, really slowly. For updates on all things Graffito Podcast, check out the graffito.com website and follow us on Twitter at Graffito Podcast. Don't forget to send us your questions to podcast at graffito.com and maybe we'll answer them on the podcast. Comments are welcome too, of course, so keep that email handy. Okay, sit back, relax, and enjoy part two of our interview. Oh, and you may need a Yiddish dictionary to follow along. Opening another Mamala's. Yes. In Brookline. Yes. Number two. The first one is in Kendall Square. It's sort of number three because we had a little outlet, have a little outlet in Time Out, which is. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, Probably right. Yeah. yeah. Time Out Market. Yeah. Oh, is it open? It no, is. no, it's no, not it's, right now. They've shut everything down. But in they December. tried to open. Mm. We opened uh, last summer and uh, I will give a quick plug for Time Out because I think that they did an incredible job when they reopened everything it was so set up so thoughtfully it was a very comfortable safe place to go they had tons of outdoor seating inside was set up really thoughtfully and you know unfortunately we just couldn't get the traction so hopefully when they open um when we reopen in the spring um that it will pick up more. yeah they're as good as it gets i mean the graffito team as you might know we went to lisbon really just to see timeout market the original oh really yeah it's they're amazing operators and is josh still the gm yeah great and yeah. he's also a great guy he's also a good guy okay back to Mamos. why a new venture at all right now um so we like opening opening in timeout was a good um was a trial for us to expand a little bit um we've just sort of always had our eye on maybe doing something else with mamalas trying out a, a f- more of a counter service fast casual concept thank god it's so good which is what mamalas in kendall square is now mm-hmm. and will mm-hmm. be um 
And so we've just always had our eyes open. I mean, if, if Dave were here, he would know that I've, <laughs> I've talked to him. Um, you obviously like starting and trying new concepts, but there's something about Mamala's you yeah. just want to keep building on. Yes. I mean, you know, this is where I think we vary on the spectrum of our visions as a partnership. And they also uh, change individually day by day because Mamala's has been a, has been a, long ride mm-hmm. uh, and a, a bit of a love hate roller coaster mm. um but it's you know it's obviously got a brand um and we we knew when we opened that there was sort of a hole in the market for definitely deli jewish deli not that there aren't delis but there's very few left in this city and um you're also expanding the reach with your suburban well, pickups exactly. which i've taken advantage of yeah yeah yeah, so just you know, knowing that we could we could expand it and it would be well received. Right. I think it right. just it it makes sense. I suppose if you're to start a new concept during COVID or around COVID, going with a brand that's already known is a little bit of a safer thing to do. Yeah, I forgot a big piece of this. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, let's do it. Um, COVID brain. Uh, Part of expanding to time out was not just to be able to try out more, but because we're producing everything out of Kendall, we needed more, um, our, our economics weren't really working. And so we had the, we had the capacity to produce more, but not enough people to sell it to. And so being able to go to time out enabled us to continue to produce with the same staff. Without having to create another production. And so Just, now, yeah. um, same, th- you know, similar idea in growing here, but we'll max out there. And you're going into Kendall as a, you're really right on the edge between the residential and the commercial district in Kendall. Right? Yeah. East, yep. I would say you're East more Cambridge. East Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. But in Brookline, this is a densely populated residential only district, which yeah. I'm sure went into your thinking. Yeah. I mean, I personally have had my eyes on Washington Square for a few years, um, just thinking like we, we don't need to go to Coolidge Corner. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, wonderful Michael's Deli is there. And Zoftig's is and there Zoftig's too, right? Zoftig's is there and Couples is there. Um, we live down, I don't know if you know this, but we live, Alana and I live in Brookline down closer to St. Mary's. Um, so that I think would make a little bit of sense, but we have time out right there. Um, and so Washington Square just has like uh, this actually really cool dining scene. Yep. And it's I I, I went there with David Lipschitz <laughs> a couple of years ago. Mm, of course. And uh, we on a Monday night. It was after some conference we were at. It was a Monday night, and we were going to stop and um, get dinner. And every, there was like line. There was a line at Barcelona. There was a line at Borough Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, we went. We ended up going to Stoked, which is it wasn't our third choice. We love Stoked, but. Um, we drive there from Newton to Stoke to oh, get yeah. their pizza. Those and I think are people amazing. are going to come from Newton to... Well, and that's the thing. It's, there's all these wonderful businesses in the yeah. area. And there is, um, there's just, uh, I don't know. It seems, it seems like a good, good spot. But you still have to raise some money. But we still have to raise some money. Nice segue. Yeah. Good at this. Drew, did you see that? Yeah. I saw it. I felt weird about it. And I looked at you. I thought maybe you'd be mad at me. I may be mad at you because I had still another question. And now I'm going to ruin the segue. I could write. I took this pen. I could write down. But you still have have to make some money so we can write it back. Really, don't fuss with the pen. Okay, Okay. let me interject one more second. So Brookline, to be clear, 
full kitchen or is it another outpost, so it's, to speak? Um, it's an outpost. It's going to be, we're not cooking there. Okay. So we're going to okay. produce in Kendall. So pick up and I'm sure. Some... Well, we'll make, we'll make, you know, we'll yeah, have a sandwich right, line. Right, right. We'll have presses. We can very have, much like timeout. Very much like timeout. Okay. But we'll have a full menu. Okay. And a lot of, um, a lot of case freezer, sure. fridge cases and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Um, which has been very popular, especially in the last 12 months. Yes. So, so you find a spot yep. and then you're like, we need money. <laughs> Yes. I'll just replay Jesse's first comment. Great segue. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Man, I don't get enough credit for these segues. Ooh, really great, good Drew. at posting this podcast. <laughs> these aren't plugged in, these microphones. By the way. Oh, God. This is this never going to practice. <laughs> I can't do this again. All right, you guys ready to start? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that joke never gets old for me. I don't know why. It gets old for me. Yeah. Keep going, Rachel. Right. <laughs> Do I sense some tension in this no. partnership? Did no. you really just invite me here for partnership counseling? <laughs> We're, I'm just excited to be back recording a podcast. I want to hear about money. Money. Let's talk me, money. Yeah. All right. So I get introduced to this guy, Ross Chanowski, um, and by Jeff Gable. Do you know Jeff Gable? I do know Jeff Gable. Yeah. Did he. Yeah. Yes. Where, he where's like Jeff? Pop up kitchen kibitz. That's okay. right. Kitchen okay. kibitz. Okay. Um, he's like the ubiquitous Jew. Like he just like makes. Uh, he's he's a good shittick maker. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to have a glossary in this episode. A Yiddish glossary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he. Uh, for those of you that don't know, a shittick is a match in Judaism. <laughs> He made a match between myself and Ross Chanowski um, because Ross was starting this new business called New Market, N-U-M-A-R-K-E-T dot C-O, for those that are interested. Mm -hmm. um, How did she find another pen? I don't know. She's I playing have, with it. <laughs> is it making noise? Like, I wasn't clicking. <laughs> No, you're just banging it. I, so look, can you, you look at how I'm sitting? I sit on my hands. You I make Drew, Jesse sit You can on his hear that? I, 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 I mute my phone. I mute You know my... what? Most people can't, but I seem to. Yeah. Yeah. And now I can hear it. You could hear the pen? Yeah. Oh, sorry. And all the listeners can. And Alana's is at people home are gonna be cursing very, me. He's people like, are going to be sitting He's right? like, you're embarrassing my family. I've trained you better. People are going to be afraid to come onto this podcast. We just, we like handcuff their hands. Um all right, so you meet, yes. so I so I'm Jeff matches this up, and uh, so that just because I've you know owned a few restaurants and have been through the process before, and he thought maybe, oh, you should talk to my friend Rachel, um, and she might have some good insights for you on what you're doing, and uh, so we connect, and I'm like. <laughs> and just to be clear, his con Ross's concept for new market was to be a crowdfunding platform. Yes. So the okay. concept is it's crowdfunding, but it's um it's really, you know, it was born out of COVID. And the idea is not just crowdfunding, but to make a sustainable uh, platform for the business for small not just restaurants, for small businesses. And well also you know, creating community and rewarding your customers. Rewarding them, but also trying to get them as lifetime customers and in a way, because what what you're doing is, correct me if I'm wrong, if you donate um, some it's money- It's not a donation. It's not a donation. This is a big, this is a it's big, that's a big sticking purchase. point. Okay. 
What, what would you It's cons- a contribution. We call it a contribution. Okay. Excuse me. It's basically no, an advanced purchase. No, I, I, if it's, it's a premium. I like that because it's a, you're thinking and looking at it's it in a, a different way. It's a contribution. And it, I think people, it's a hard, it's a hard mental shift. And I told Ross at the end of this, I was like, maybe you're, t- I figured it out. Your tagline should be, it's not a donation because <laughs> it's, it is a hard mental shift. It's a contribution. It's like the next generation of the Kickstarter and a bunch. So of if you make a contribution, you get a percentage of that back as credit to the restaurant. You get all of it back plus 20% plus 20. more. Oh, all of it back. All Drew, of it back you give plus money? 20 I did, but I misunderstood out? it. Well, so that, so that's the whole thing about it is um, That's ah. yes. simple. You give 100 bucks and you get a $120 uh gift card that to you, Mama's. But you No, go, you give $100. <laughs> it's quite the concept. Sorry, And you Ross. get <laughs> you get $10 a month. To and come t- to Mamala's for a year. Plus 20%. And then you, no, that is plus 20%. Oh, oh, and over 12 months, that's $120. Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, I misunderstood. So did the rest of the Graffito team. Because Graffito gave 500 bucks because I thought it'd be a great thing for us to like have a couple lunches yeah, together. And I assumed that 500 bucks was actually 600 bucks. But what you're saying is that 600 bucks is spread out over 12 months. It's $50 a month. So you're going to have 12 lunches with us. And that's the great thing for you is that you get people to come back over an extended period. And you don't get that $600 hit one time. Correct. It's spread out. We're starting to get this. It's it's brilliant. I I mean, like, listen, it's a brilliant concept. And so, I mean, think about that. And we're going to end up spending 200, not 50 bucks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And for me, with my donation, I'll get $3. It's not a donation. (laughs) It's a contribution. Yeah. (laughs) And some people, and I mean, and then there's the whole thing of how much, how much, uh, how how many people are going to redeem it? I'm very curious to see that. Because they expire, right? They expire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're certainly, we're, the, the best thing would be if everybody redeemed them and you came in and of we course. saw your faces every day, yeah, but it'll course. be really interesting. I think it's, um, I really, I'm, I can't speak highly enough of this concept and how great I think it is. Yeah, it's neat. So, so he, uh, he approached me just to, I think, you know, have a chit chat and I, and then I went blah and I was like great we're opening a new business how about we fundraise with you and I mean the concept is really for small businesses community funded he's thinking you know the next ones that you see come out are going to be like $25,000 and like $10,000 to buy a new stove and I was like I want to raise (laughs) $250,000 and he was like okay so great um and then he talked I was, I'm going to say us, but it really was me because I'm the stubborn one. He talked me down to $180,000 and, um, and there it is. And then we spent a month, uh, launching. So he, he, um, you know, new market launched with us. We're the first That's what, that's why I thought maybe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I totally didn't get it. But in fairness, I think everyone on our team who supported, and I think, many of us did it was like we're gonna support because it's you guys and it's mama was it yeah. wasn't about like the but well, jesse i'm not, thinking about people probably didn't understand kickstarter when it first started right I mean, it's it's a different concept it's a different concept and also think i mean thinking myself about um trying to put myself into i think the shoes of our contributors and also you know for the next one that he launches or how does ross launch, how does his company make money they take a piece yeah yeah they take a percentage but it's so cut and dry they so they so they launch the business. They build out the website. They, I mean, this is the other part that really is excellent is that it's very cut and dry, simple. You know, um, they, 
they just take a piece off the top. As soon as you're, as soon as you, if you meet your goal, as soon as you meet it, they deposit the money two days later, take their piece off, and then they facilitate all the promotional credits throughout the next year. Yeah, cool. And, and if they yeah. do not meet it, do you get the money or no? No. Just like Kickstarter? Or you have to meet it. And um, and you guys were hustling to meet it. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it, it was one of those things where- I almost, don't, I almost contributed twice. I have people did at the end. Yeah. We were hustling. I, it was one, well, by the time we got to that, we finished on a Wednesday and by Monday we were going hard and Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't have this go all the way to Wednesday. I'm putting my foot down. We're making this thing end. And we actually got somebody really nice came in at the end and said he would contribute $12,500 and to get people to match, to get us to the end. Great. And so just to be clear, so now everyone who contributed has a little bit of equity in your business now? No. No, they, they <laughs> shut up. Don't. don't. So Somebody's going to just listen to that piece and they're going to be like, so now you I have, want my... So now you have 482 partners. <laughs> right. uh, uh, that would grow quickly. Try 2017. <laughs> oh, amazing. That's great. Yeah. That's so great. How many did you say? 2017. It was over 2,000 people. That's yeah. awesome. That's crazy. And I still, I think I still haven't process the magnitude of that what we did is 180 enough i mean no god no what does 180 go towards like what is that we really don't we don't need to do a lot there so when we walked in it was in the space that we're going into was a dunkin donuts and it was rebuilt in 2014 oh so the space right in the corner right not it's not on the corner it's next to the abbey on the other side of the Abbey. So one side and was a Starbucks. And the Starbucks, Starbucks that just closed is yeah. the other side. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. That's right. We were just there. Yep. Yeah. Um, we looked at the Starbucks space also. Yeah. Um, that would require a lot of money. That that's, would require a lot yeah. of money. It, it, needed, it needed a lot of work. Um, but this, on the other hand, was, you know, it's really turnkey. We could have just new. walked in and yeah. and gone and if so if i had my druthers i would have just slapped some paint on the wall and can, open rachel can you explain when you say turnkey just for our listeners like what do you mean when you say it was turnkey meaning as i was just saying we could have just put some different paint. non non-orange change the orange yeah. to a salmon and but uh, you still need equipment we need you equipment still, yeah we would need equipment you know there's no equipment in there but all the um you know, all the systems were in place. I mean, the the Like electrical, plumbing, HVAC was yep. all, got it. Everything's good. And that equipment is expensive. Equipment is expensive. Um, and, you know, we, we do need, you know, the truth is that we do need to make it functional for what we're doing. Yeah. And so that's what, you know, the, the money is going to go into um, $180,000 is not enough to do that. And we'll end up financing the equipment. Um, mm. but it, uh, you know, aesthetically it needs to look like a mamala's and not like a Dunkin' right. Donuts right. that we slap paint on the wall. Yeah. And similar colors. You can make that's that right, work. That's right. That's right. Wow. Hey, hey Drew. Yeah. We covered a lot here. Yeah. I just think this is, this has been really interesting. I mean, I'm just thoroughly impressed. So I'm just so excited to have you here and to just tell a little bit about your, you know, what's going on in your story. We could definitely have gone more into the crowd crowdfunding aspect, but I mean, I think that that platform's pretty awesome. Yeah. Maybe Ross one day can come in yeah. season four. Another opportunity. There. Season four. Yeah. What was Ross the term for the guy in. that could uh, makes connections? Uh, uh, what do you call somebody who makes a shittick? A sh- a shittick is the connection. It's not a shittick. It's a, um, oh God, because I can't believe this is, I'm blanking. A shot con. No, 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 not, no. It's, um, 
It's a ma- there's a term a men- for matchmaker. It's not a mensch. It's not a mensch. Yeah. It's not a shotgun. Isn't that it's a matchmaker? A, maybe that's maybe that's Hebrew, but there's a Yiddish term oh, for a matchmaker. Right. That's what I'm trying to think of. Oh. Mm. Next time on the Graffito Podcast. I bet there's some Jews listening, like <laughs> screaming right now. Like, Idiots. <laughs> it's a... All right. Rachel, awesome for you to come down. Thank you for having me. You've got me. your first shot, which is very exciting. Oh, yeah. Jesse and I are almost there um, on that, but it's very nice for you to come in and have uh, a chat with us. Yeah, and just for those that are still listening, we're very socially distanced here. It feels very safe in this Thank graffito you. Graffito podcast. It feels safe too. It's safe enough. If you had to sneeze, I'd ask you to do it the other way. But I mean, it's pretty pretty good. No, even the seed. That's a long distance to travel. Yeah, but yeah. I guess I have powerful sneezes. So, <laughs> I just heard on Tracy Chan, uh, Tracy Chang's podcast mm-hmm. the one that, that she did with us. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that sh- that a sneeze travels twenty nine feet. Jesse just left. I know he's got. He's got more important. He's done. He's got more important things to sudden, do now. All of a sudden, in my periphery, someone's walking across <laughs> the office. Sorry, like, it's driving me nuts. Oh, What's so, a matchmaker in Yiddish? This oh, is driving me let, bananas. It'll be a good way to end this, the episode. Okay, good idea. To announce what that is. Okay, good. <laughs> what you got, Jesse? Yenta. A oh, yenta? a yenta. You would say a yenta is a matchmaker? That's not, what you were trying to think of? No, it's not actually what I was trying to think of. You were right. What did you say it was? Shadkan? Yeah, you're right. I don't know what I was thinking of. I mean, I Jeff say is a, a total yenta, though. Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't say a yenta as is a matchmaker. I. Yenta? What word right. am I thinking of? What do you mean? Like, yenta is like a word for, like, you know, my grandmother is a yenta. She's out there. She's kibitzing with everybody. Like, I wouldn't just, even. Some grandmas are not yentas, even. I, I don't know. I thought yenta was German. It's Yiddish. Yenta's Yiddish. Yiddish. It's a gossipy person. Yeah. A yenta. Like a little. And like, yentaing it up is a verb. <laughs> like if you know Kansas my City. mom and her friends were yenta we didn't even get to talk about benji's i know that would have been a good one yes rachel thank you so much for coming and you're discovering why it's so hard to end episodes because it sounds so good to talk to people <laughs> but we should end this thank you so much for coming i know you'll be back at some point uh, I know we'll have at least one of your partners in here at some point to confirm or deny all of your claims about partnerships. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And uh, everybody should check you out. Brookline, when is that going to open? What's the plan? Um, Which I know you can't really hold yourself to. Summer? So summer. Soon, soonish. Soonish. Summer of this yeah. year. 20, which is another, yeah, yeah 2021. Just a few months. I soon. think great. Two, three months, something right. like that. I hope you keep coming to Melrose. The suburban drops are great. I can't wait for summer. Yeah. Okay. And thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. That was great. Thanks. Okay. You just heard the Graffito Podcast, episode one of season two. Check back in with us next Tuesday, April 13th, for an all new episode. Our guest will be Liza Shirazi from Revival Kitchen and Cafe. For those of you that don't know, that's Jesse's sister, so this should be interesting. Goodbye for now.